Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women by sharing their unique stories and empower a community through the mission and their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, a former school teacher and principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. Each week, we will feature stories from women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. Welcome to the In Awe Podcast and our series on generosity. If you are joining us for the first time, you will understand how inspiring our guests truly are on this podcast. And for my regular listeners, you are going to be mesmerized as always. This series continues to amaze me in its depth, and I cannot wait to share the incredible story from today's episode with you. Be ready for an impactful message today, listeners. Shelly Beisel is a mother of two, educator, and co-founder of Love Conquers Violence, a Minneapolis-based nonprofit with a powerful mission to end domestic violence in their community. Shelly and her husband, Nick, co-founded Love Conquers Violence after they lost, tragically, Nick's sister to a domestic abuse-related homicide. Through the organization, they keep Natalie Beisel's voice alive, impacting those suffering through domestic violence, as well as honoring Natalie's spirit and the ways they support others pursuing service through the medical field as Natalie was when she died. Shelly's dedication to the mission in her message is insanely inspiring to me, and the generosity of her passionate spirit shows us how any tragedy can be used and nothing has to be wasted. Though the topic of domestic abuse and violence may not be easy to listen to, we know the importance of engaging and learning so we can be better equipped to reach out and to someone else, whether that is for support through the fire or to be the one to pull our loved ones through it. I am in awe of this incredible woman and the way she and her husband keep Natalie's voice alive through loving service to others. I am honored to share with you Shelly Beisel's generosity story. Welcome Shelly Beisel to the In Awe Podcast. I am so thrilled to have you. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. It's such a joy uh, for a wide variety of reasons. We have you featured here in this wonderful month on the generosity series. And I just know that your message is going to blow my listeners right out of the water. So Shelly, could you just share before we kind of get into the meat of the interview, just a little bit about the context, like where are you at in the world and what are you up to and how are you shining light in your corner? So I am the founder of Love Conquers Violence, um, which was created as a result of a tragic death in the summer of 2015, my um, sister-in-law, Natalie Beisel, was murdered due to domestic violence. Prior to Love Conquers Violence, I was working in education for the St. Louis Park Schools um, here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, where I started as a teacher. And then I moved to the community ed side and I spent about... 10 years doing before and after school programming and working with targeted services and doing all that kind of stuff. I love it because my listeners by now know that I understand that nothing is by accident. And the fact that you were in education and serving wider than, you know, the classroom and then also the um, community ed programming, but that of course you have this monumental mission that you're on right now. And I want the listeners to share how you and I got connected because I think it's just a super cool story. So I actually, I met, a person that we're connected with and on an airplane of all things. And no surprise that Sarah Johnson just started chatting. And actually, I honestly don't talk to people when I travel for safety reasons, but I happen to speak with a person that, that's connected with uh, your organization. And as we were talking, he just said, you know, I kind of want to mention something to you because he heard that I was doing this in our podcast. And he mentioned you, Shelly, and because he was friends with Natalie. Is that accurate in college? He, um, 
played baseball with Natalie's older brother, my husband, but we all went to college together. So yes. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. So really neat connection. And as I, as I often do, I'm like leaving and I'm processing this conversation. And so I just kind of look it up a little bit and I was on your website and I saw the letter from your husband, Nick, to his sister, Natalie, Mm -hmm. um, in this wonderful mission that you have. And of course, what does it say in there? But he said, I am in awe of you. And I thought, oh, here we are. This message has to get on my podcast. So here we are. We've been um, just anxiously awaiting getting this scheduled and getting you featured here because I know that your story is just going to hit people right where it needs to. So can you just share a little bit about, you know, this whole mission that you're on and about Love Conquers Violence? Yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, our mission of Love Conquers Violence is to honor Natalie um, by preventing domestic violence in our community. We do this through raising funds that help increase awareness and education. Um, we have we hold events. Our biggest event is Bags for Nat, which happens every the first Saturday in August in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And we've partnered with DAP, the Domestic Abuse Project here local in Minneapolis, to give um, half of our proceeds to them so that they can do the wonderful work that they're doing with um, survivors. Uh, And then we give the other half um, to ATSU, AT Still University, um, which is where uh, Natalie was a medical student. Uh, She was actually a fourth-year medical student down in Arizona when this tragedy happened. And so we have a scholarship in her honor that we give out every May. And by doing these two things, we truly feel like her her whole embody, her spirit of helping people is still living on. Um, her legacy of helping people is living on forever. Um, whether it's the scholarship to a medical student that is going to be a doctor someday or a person who is being abused and needs uh, help getting out and resources. So um, that's kind of what we do. We never thought that this was going to happen to us. And ultimately, our goal is to make sure this doesn't happen to someone else. I mean, we live with this tragedy every single day. And if we can help another family not have to deal with this pain we know that we're doing the right thing. It's a really beautiful mission that you're on. And the reason I want to have you on the generosity series is because I just see this, Shelly, as a really generous giving of your spirit and and Nick. And I wanted to specifically talk about you because I know that you had plans to get back into your education career and you've really just kind of jumped into this mission in building Love Conquers Violence in a pretty significant way, which is just a gift of who you are. And, you know, so many of us have experienced a loss in our lives. We don't always turn it into what you (laughs) have turned it into. And I just am so in awe of that and that passion that you have and that focus. And do you just want to share a little bit about maybe some of the ways that you're, that you're growing Love Conquers Violence? Because I know it's obviously like anything has had to grow over time. Where did it start? Yes. You know, it started, um, it started in Arizona uh, when Nick and I were cleaning out her house. We had met with detectives and um, they gave us her belongings. And one of the belongings that we got was her cell phone. But it's not like the movies. Uh, We weren't able to get into our phone. And actually, the detectives are not as they're not able to get into the phone either. And when we got into her phone, by honestly, the grace of God, we 
figured out her password and we got into her cell phone and inside her cell phone told her story of abuse. She had deleted most everyone's text messages that maybe only went back maybe a couple weeks. There was two and a half years worth of text message text messages between her and her abuser that told her story of abuse. And when Nick and I were reading this horrible story, we both looked at each other and we said, we have to do something. We have to make sure that this doesn't happen to another family. We have to share the red flags that we didn't see. And we knew that Natalie was telling us, hey, I was trying so hard to get out and just know that I was doing everything I possibly could. So that's where Love Conquers Violence started. That's where this little, we have to do something started. It started in Arizona when it was 115 degrees outside. And we were just reading these text messages and we said we have to do something and then we said well let's let's have like a tournament a golf tournament or let's raise money doing something and both of us looked at each other and we said that's not Natalie Natalie is not a golfing person she is like a jeans t-shirts let's go do something fun and so we thought a bags tournament bean bags tournament that's how it started. We decided to do a big bean bags tournament and that first year we had um 32 teams. We raised like $20,000 and we had about 200 people come and we were onto something. And it was, we said, wow, people really had fun. People want to do this again. And so now we're coming up on our fifth year. This past year, we hosted our largest event. So it was over, um, 300 people attended. We had record amount of 64 team tournament. We raised almost $33,000. Um, and now we've now expanded to now we're going to be hosting bags tournaments um, in other states. We also do these like sip and shops where we go to, a, um, we've partnered with Evereve, which is a national retail store, um, which started in Minnesota, which was also started um, by a woman um, and her husband, they started it. Um, and we do these sip and shops where we talk about domestic violence. We really break the silence. We tell Natalie's story, but we also do it in a way where they're shopping and they're, you know, sipping on cocktails and um, in a way where we're just trying to um, make it, we're trying to open that door because domestic violence is a huge epidemic in our world. I mean, the statistics are super alarming. It's one in three women will be a victim of domestic violence, one in three. And I think when Nick and I read that statistic, I mean, that's really hard to swallow. And so those are kind of our reasons why we continue to do what we do. Um, so we have these bags tournaments, we do these sip and shops, and now we're really starting to do the education piece where um, we're going to local churches and talking to different groups. Um, we're going to be going into schools and um, talking, what does a healthy relationship look like? You know, what does that look like? Things are happening. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's quite the evolution. And I just had, I had chills to kind of go back a little bit to that story. Thank you for sharing it. I, I'm sure it doesn't matter how many times you share it. I can tell that it's very vivid still in your mind of that Arizona 115 degree day where you just, your lives are shattered in a way that is debilitating at best. And I love that you said that you felt it was, it was God and it was Natalie and the way that all the messaging that I see. And, and when I hear you speak of it, it's just such you're, you've kept her 
You've kept her life alive in such a beautiful and brilliant way, in such a generous way that is so inspiring to me because I'm hearing you talk about all of these events that you're planning um, to help other people. (laughs) And it's just such a wonderful gift. I had not heard that one in three statistic, and that is shocking. Yes. One in three women will be a victim of domestic violence. Um, On a typical day, I think it's said that more than 20,000 phone calls are placed to domestic violence hotlines nationwide. And intimate partner violence accounts for 15% of all violent crimes. And so I think what's important to know and what we also try to say is that domestic violence doesn't discriminate. It happens to all classes, all genders. It can happen to anyone and it's happening. And so our whole mission of Love Conquers Violence is to really break that silence and to be Nat's voice. Our hashtag is be Nat's voice. And I always tell people, remember Natalie, have the hard conversations when you think maybe a friend is struggling, ask the questions. Cause you know, Nick and I can't ask those questions anymore, mm. but you can. So for listeners that are hearing this feeling, first of all, there might be listeners that are experiencing it um, and others that might suspect, is is there a guideline that you could give us? Like what when you help people, what kind of questions are we supposed to ask? Do you feel safe? You know, I, I've noticed that you've been sad. Is everything okay? Do you feel safe at home? You know, just be a good friend or just open the door that, hey, I'm always going to be here. Even if you know, and like oftentimes... Oftentimes people are like, well, if it's that bad, they'll leave. And I think that's the biggest downfall and the misconception is that leaving leaving isn't as easy as it sounds. And as a friend, as a family member, we need to just be there no matter what. Be there if they choose to leave, choose to stay, choose to leave and choose to come back. Just offer support and be there for them. But ask the hard questions, like ask the questions like, do you feel safe? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a hard question to sometimes say to someone that, you know, you've maybe heard them talking just in ways that just doesn't feel right. And I always tell people, if your gut is telling you to ask that question or to say, gosh, it sounds like it's just not healthy, just ask it. And too often we just don't, you know, we're told that in that, you know, you close the door, it happens, what happens inside the house stays inside the house. And what we're really trying to do is break that silence and to open the door because it's happening. I mean, it's happening all the time. Thank you for that, that gift, first of all, of this assurance and your knowledge and just helping to open that door, but also just providing us some some questions, you know, it it doesn't have to be as difficult as we maybe would make it because of our fear. Really, that's what it stems from is our fear of intrusion or our fear of not being able to help enough, or it could be, you know, other reasons, but just asking those simple questions. And another follow-up for you is everything that I've read, um, you know, on your wonderful website and just kind of learning a little bit more about your story and about Natalie is it seems that you really didn't know or weren't aware of any warning signs. Is that accurate? It is. I mean, everything's in in hindsight, right? And I mean, now when we tell Natalie's story, when um, 
when we say there, there, there was definitely red flags when you hear the story. Um, you know, she had graduated from college in, um, from St. Olaf College here in Minnesota and her best friend from high school was moving to San Diego and Natalie did not get into medical school. So her best friend was like, Hey, why don't you come to San Diego? I'm going to fashion school. It'll be really fun. And so Natalie went with her, you know, she, she went to San Diego. Um, and while she was there, she was, she got her EMT certificate, still tried to get into med school, um, was working at the California pizza kitchen. And that's where she met her abuser. I mean, and she met him within a year. She moved to his hometown up in Northern California, which is a huge red flag, but it's all hind, you know, this is all in hindsight, you know, within a year, she moved up to Northern California with him within a year. They were definitely like, you know, that love bombing almost, you know, lots of gifts were given to her. So, um, all of that is actually red flags, but for us, you know, we were here in Minnesota and she was so happy. And that's the thing about domestic violence is it's so sneaky. It's there, it doesn't start with usually bruises and, you know, really big, powerful, like, oh my goodness, this is completely abusive behavior. It's very sneaky and subtle and it's a progression over time. I mean, she dated, she was with this, um, her abuser for eight years, eight years and so I think that's what's so tricky about domestic violence is that it's sneaky. It's a slow progression. It happens in many forms and it never usually starts physical. It's usually that emotional abuse or the financial abuse, sexual abuse, all of those other types of abuse. Obviously, with Natalie, in the end, it was physical abuse, right? I mean, she was she was murdered, but it didn't start that way. It was very subtle and a progression. And, you know, we have the ability to go back now in our text messages and see that progression and see um, that um, emotional abuse that was happening to her, you know? Um, and, you know, she was in medical school. She was a fourth year medical school, top of her class. Like she was brilliant, brilliant destined to be an amazing internal med doctor. And when you talk to her colleague or her medical student or medical friends or um, her doctors that she was working for, none of them suspected it. None of them. And so I think that's what's so tricky with domestic violence is that it is such a, it's very subtle and it just, it's that slow progression of domestic abuse. So, yeah, I mean, we didn't we didn't see I mean, when we tell the story now, it's like, how did you not know it happened so slowly and over time? You know, Nick and I only met her abuser once. That should have been a huge red flag for us. He was living they were living out of state. He had family. They weren't married. They you know. He had family that was living out in California, so she would fly home for the holidays. She was a medical school student. I mean, they're so busy. They don't have all the time in the world to um, come home all the time, you know? So it to us, it, it didn't seem like a red flag. And the bottom line is, is the one time that Nick and I met him, 
we did not like him. There was something a matter. There was just mm. something off with him. And Nick and I and our gut were like, what is a matter with that man? Oftentimes true narcissists, which is what most which is what most abusers are, they know how to turn it on and off and they do not get close to people that can figure them out. And he knew that. There's actually in um, the text messages between the two of them, there is a text message that we share when we speak, when we tell Natalie's story um, in presentations and text message that totally talks about the um, narcissism that he had. And it was Natalie had sent a message to him begging him to please just calm down and do not show your true colors to my parents. I don't want my parents to know. And because Nick's parents, her parents actually like, they, they liked him. They were, he could put on an act when they were around. Domestic violence is, it's very, it's, it's a hard topic to talk about. It needs to be talked about. It's a hard topic to hear about. And so I was just thinking about, first of all, I noticed that I've, I've spoken with you enough, Shelly, outside of this interview to know how mm-hmm. different you you are when you're talking about it. You become so passionate. And I just wanted to take a minute and say, wow, this yeah. is such a gift. It's such a really beautiful gift of yours because not only can I sense, and I know my listeners will sense this deep spirit about you, um, to really make an impact. I can feel that. And it's beautiful and it's heartbreaking at the same time because had this not entered your life, had domestic violence and its effects not entered your life um, by somebody that you, by way of somebody that you clearly still care deeply about, um, you know, your light and your generosity of passion and focus would not be in this world. So I just wanted to take a minute and thank you for that, though I know it can't be easy. No, it's not. And I appreciate that. But, you know, I always tell people, I, they're like, I don't know how you do it. And I'm like, it's the only thing we can do. You know, like yeah. we can't bring her back. And, you know, but by having Love Conquers Violence, like it almost feels like she's still with us and she guides us through all these times where, cause it's hard. It's hard to run a nonprofit. I've never done anything like this in my life. Like this isn't what I thought I was going to be doing. Right. And so there's things where I'm like podcast and I'm going to be <laughs> presenting and like, you know, I'm used to like being silly with five-year-olds and singing songs, you know, I mean, not talking about these heavy conversations, but you know, every time Nick and I are, we're like, is this what Natalie would want us to do? And it, always, always is like, yes, this is what Natalie wants us to do. Or we'll, we'll, we'll have some sort of like sign that I know that that was Natalie. There's just no explanation why. I mean, I was just recently in Pottery Barn Kids. There, our store is closing where we're, we're living. It's, you know, there's been a lot going on, all good stuff, but sometimes it can be overwhelming. And then what do I see? There's this one doll that's sitting at Pottery Barn Kids named Natalie, just right there blonde hair, blue eyes. And I'm like, all right, Natalie, I know Mm. this is, this is, this is what we're going to do, you know? And so I know that she's proud of what we're doing, but yeah, it's hard. It's, but it's the only thing we can do. And we know that we're making a difference. I mean, we can't share, we can't share a lot of the, our success stories, if you want to call it, because a lot of it is confidential. You know, it's people coming to us saying, Hey, because of Natalie, I had the courage to leave. I mean, I had, we had a, 
a woman come to us in our second year of Bags for Net, and she pulled me aside and she said, hey, I just wanted to know, let you know that last year I was here with my abuser and Natalie gave me the courage to leave. Mm. How awesome is that? It's amazing. You know? Mm-hmm. And so she's making a difference. She truly is, you know, we're being her voice, the voice that she doesn't have anymore, but in a way she does. And that legacy of helping people of who she truly was is living on forever. And we get to talk about Natalie every single day. And I always tell people, I know when you lose someone that you truly love, the one thing you want to do is just talk about them. And oftentimes people shy away from talking. They don't want to like trigger you or make you sad or bring up, you know, moments. But in reality, when you lose someone that you love so much, all you want to do is talk about them. And we get to talk about Natalie all the time. We talk about her all the time. That's incredible. <laughs> I'm just so emotional over here. It's amazing. I, I'm so in awe of this story. I love it. I love every part of it. And I know that you can't necessarily share the um, you know, the success stories, but would you, I mean, since we're on the series of generosity and we could lighten this up just a little bit, is there anything that you'd like to share in regard to the types of generosity that you've seen evolve over the time that you've been serving in this capacity for five years? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's been pretty amazing. Every year for the Bags for Nat tournament, we've had more and more people come. I mean, we have raised now over $100,000, which I think is incredible. Mm. Our goal is um, to now start raising that annually. You know, we're able to do so many things because of our community that is generous in giving. We now have, like I said, the scholarship down in her medical school down at ATSU. It's an endowed scholarship that we get to give out every year um, where she was uh, uh, working at doing her um, program um, down in Tucson uh, at the El Rio Foundation or El Rio Community Health Center, have a beautiful new community health center. And we were approached last year because of the work that we're doing and because of the wonderful person that Natalie was, um, we were approached last year um, about having a mural in her honor. And now when you walk into this big community health center, you walk into this huge atrium and you look up and on this wall is huge, huge butterflies and the words love conquers violence. And you go to the side and you see a picture of Natalie And it tells her story and also with information to how you can get help. And that's our why. That's what, why we're doing this stuff. You know, this is why we tell her story because we know that we're making a difference. We know, I mean, I had a woman who tragically lost her daughter um, almost a year ago and uh, she was getting her facials getting a facial and her esthetician happened to um, be at a bags for nat tournament. And that esthetician felt compelled to tell Natalie's story to her and connected us love conquers violence with this Mm -hmm. woman who lost her daughter. And now we can comfort her. We can support her. We can be there for her because you never want to be in this club, but um, there's, it's, it's amazing when you can help another person that's going through the same pain that you're going through or help a person get out of the situation and not have to 
go through this pain. So, I mean, the generous people that we're having, the community that has really just come to support us, but then has realized what they can do. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. I'm just beaming over here because it is such a beautiful idea that you're just think about all the people that you haven't had circled back with you and the impact that you've had and truly that being Nat's voice has had that you will never even know about probably, but you know that it's making a difference. And that's why I'm so excited to have you on the podcast because you and I both know that this message is landing somewhere it needs to. And it may not even happen for another several months for the person that needs to hear it the most, but it'll get there. And so I'm really proud of you for just generously pushing yourself, even though you thought you'd only ever be, you know, messing around with the five-year-olds in the classroom and teaching them. You, you've got a gift and a skill and a message and a story that needs to be told. And so I'm just really proud of you for continuing continuing to do that. And I'm proud to be able to share that story and share Nat's story and your story here, Shelly. It's really, um, it's just got me so passionately fired up right now to jump in and bags for Nat. Why does it have to wait till August? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, you should come. It's, it's, you know, and that's the one thing that people always say, they're like, you know, bags for Nat. And I'm like, I know it's, it's a heavy cause, but it is fun. It is a fun event. And we do it at this local pub down in uptown Minneapolis um, called the Herkimer. And they've been amazing. And they brew a beer in Natalie's honor. And so our first year, we got to name the beer. And it was it's called Dr. Nat's Brew. And people loved it so much that <laughs> they brew it now every year. And then they, they, um, they debut it at our event. And so and it's and they give up a, a portion of every beer sale goes back to DAP and to or to Love Conquers Violence to us. Um, and it's it's just amazing. I mean, like they didn't have they don't have to do that. It's, a, it's an epidemic in our world. And so um, but they're doing their part to you know, help break that silence. No, it's it's a great event and it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I love it. And so we'll make sure, uh, Shelly, of course, I'll have the listeners link to the Love Conquers Violence Facebook page and website and so that they can keep hooked into that. And we're coming to the end of our interview. Unfortunately, I feel like I just could talk to you forever, but I have two standard questions I always ask on this podcast. And so we'll just see where you go with them. <laughs> um, but the first one is, if you could write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, Shelly, what would you say? I could write a letter to my former self. It would probably be right before Natalie died and it would be that life is too short to worry about the small things um after Natalie's death we looked at life we look through life in a different lens and the things that used to matter they don't anymore and what's most important is your loved ones and you got to hold them close and um yeah, I would have told myself that. That's a very beautiful message and a good reminder to to all of us in, in this moment. And it's really easy to have those regrets, but we look around and see who we still have and just take that advice. So I appreciate you giving that mm -hmm. um, in that context. And then how about this one? If we have a listener who's finding themselves in a pit of fear or doubt for any reason right now, and they need to hear your voice to help them rise up out of it, what do you think you would say? I would just always say that, know that there is hope. And everyone deserves to feel respected, valued, and safe. You know, if you feel like you might be in a scary situation, just know that there's hope and there's hope out there. And remember Natalie. Um, ask the hard questions. And just remember Natalie. That's so beautiful. And I will be sure, listeners, to 
link the resources um, from Shelly and from Love Conquers Violence so that if, you know, on either end of that, if you're needing to reach out for some support or um, on either direction, if, if you have a concern that somebody in your life might be suffering from that silence, or if you are a person who needs some support, we'll make sure that we get that linked in the show notes for you. How about this one, Shelly, for listeners that are interested in either supporting, I'm sure that you have a, the ability, we're at the end of the year and people may be looking for a way to give an end of the year donation or a campaign for their tax deductions or whatever. Um, is there a way that the best way that they should get a hold of you and of Love Conquers Violence aside from the website? Yeah, they could. I mean, they could follow us on Facebook or Instagram, which is just Love Conquers Violence. They always can email at hello at loveconquersviolence.org. Well, that's great. I will make sure to link the website, the Facebook page, and the email so that our listeners can get in touch with you um, if they want to support or just ask questions or um, you know provide any resources or sponsorship of any kind. I know that I know that this is a really impactful message and you've you've really spoken into my heart and into my soul in regard to people that I love in my own life uh, who I know have either suffered or are suffering from this situation. And I just thank you for the service and the continued way that you use Natalie's voice in such a fierce and gracious way. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. I, I, I'm really grateful. It's truly been my honor. Thank you so much, Shelley. I continue to be completely awe-inspired by every single guest on this podcast, and I am so grateful every time you choose to share, rate, review an episode. It matters so greatly to the mission and the message of our guests, and I appreciate every time you help one another rise by lifting up the message. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you being a part of this awe-inspiring community.